Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries podcast. My name is Shakira White and I am the host here. If you are already a part of our Carefree family, that means that you have subscribed and you get notified every single time we post a new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Thank you for coming back and thank you for being a part of our little corner of the internet. If you are not subscribed, we welcome you to join us. We don't bite, I promise. You can join by subscribing on whatever platform you're using to listen to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or whatever your preference is. If you hit that little subscribe button, you'll be sent a notification whenever we post. Here on Carefree and Black Diaries, we talk about news, politics, music, film, culture, and so much more. But most importantly, we talk about life lessons that I have learned along the way and that I wish to share with you. Let's head into our Carefree Updates. As we head into our carefree updates, first, I want to send my condolences to the family and friends of PNB Rock and also the fans and supporters of him. He was killed in Los Angeles, South LA this week at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles restaurant. So if you have been keeping up with this, I'm sure you have seen a lot of people saying that, um, well, reminding people to be mindful of what they post online, meaning like where you are, tagging your location on your stories and things of that nature. So it kind of triggered me to give you all a little of information of things that I do personally to try to keep myself safe. Now, granted, I think trouble and people who wish to do people harm can find you anywhere, regardless of any precautions that you take. But just to make myself feel better, I do a few of these things. And what made me want to share it is I was talking to one of my friends this week and we were saying like, you know, we don't post or tag our location until after we've left a place. And she was saying that you will be surprised that a lot of people aren't aware of that. So I just wanted to share a few things during these carefree updates that I do. And hopefully if you don't implement any of these strategies yet, hopefully you can implement them in your everyday life. So of course, number one, needless to say, is that never post where you are while you are still there. And you can bet your bottom dollar, whenever you see me post a story or anything on social media where it gives away a precise location as to where I may be, by the time I post it, I am already home I've probably already showered. I'm in pajamas. So that's one of the things. I don't post where I am while I am still there. Number two, I try my best not to get gas at night. I try to either go before work, like in the 7 a.m. hour or after work. I try not to go once it has gotten dark. Number three, I only unlock the driver's side door when I'm getting in the car. And also before I get in the car, I look in the back window to see the back seat and some of the trunk just to make sure no creeps are back there just to be precautious um but yeah you know how sometimes you can hit the key twice and it'll unlock all the car doors I only hit it once so it'll unlock the driver's side door as soon as I sit in the car and I also try not to put my bags in first and then like lower myself into the car I drop everything in the car as I drop into the car. And as soon as I close the door, I lock the door and then I'll put my bags um, wherever I'm trying to put them in the car. But I try not to have too much business going on while I'm getting in the car and while I am around my car. 
Number four, I think we're on number four, keep your head on a swivel, be aware. It is so easy to be in your phone. It is so easy to, actually, that's it. It's easy to like be in your phone. And I know we're in this like phone age and a lot of people are on their phone just because it's a safety net. It makes people feel comfortable. Like if I look at my phone, I don't look awkward when I'm walking. No, I will look awkward all day because I need to see what's going on. I need to see who is around. I need to see if people are looking kind of suspicious. I need to see if people are hanging out where they shouldn't be hanging out. I need to see if people are near my car. So be aware, you guys. Put your phone away until you get where you're going. Number five, keep something on you that will keep you safe. Cough, cough. Something that will keep you safe and you can read between the lines. And I carry something to keep me safe. Every single time I leave the house. So carry something that will keep you safe. Next, if things don't feel right, nine times out of 10, they aren't right. So trust your intuition, trust your instinct, trust that natural gut feeling. Don't feel like you may be thinking too much into something. It's better to be safe than to be sorry. So if it feels like something is not right, take heed, go forth. And lastly, because I've been seeing this a lot on social media, um, If you are going to your car and you see a piece of tissue in your car door handle, do not touch it. Do not touch it. Call the police or call someone who works near wherever you are. Like if you're in a store, if you're like in a store's parking lot, um, go get security from inside to go to your car. But do not touch that tissue. Don't think to yourself, oh, someone must have just dropped this in my car door handle. No, a lot of people have been doing that and like lacing the tissue. Also, don't pick up money on the ground because people have been putting things on the money too. So, and it's to like trail people after they have touched those items. So don't touch the car door handle, go get help. And those are just a few things. I think I do quite a lot when it comes to trying to like keep myself safe because I am a black woman living alone, you know, in a city that I am not very comfortable with is not where I'm from so I try to be extra precautious with things so take some of those take what you need leave what you don't but be safe out here all right so two things when it comes to film and tv number one tomorrow I am going to see the woman king it's um the film that was produced by Viola Davis and her husband and is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, who is the writer and director of Love and Basketball. So I'm really excited to see it next week. I will let you guys know what I thought about it. I have seen a lot of good reviews online so far, so I am very excited to see it. I'll let you guys know how it is. Now, secondly, I started watching House of Dragon on HBO Max. And I have thoughts. So number one, I started not to watch House of Dragon just because I never watched Game of Thrones. Well, Let me walk that back. I have watched some of the Game of Thrones franchise just because um, one week I was running low on shows to watch and people were like, you need to watch Game of Thrones. And I tried to give it a chance. Like I really did try to like it, but I just came to terms that I was not the target audience for Game of Thrones. But I'm also not like a... Lord of the Rings person. I'm not a Star Trek person. I'm not a Star Wars person. I'm not, you know, I don't fall into that wheelhouse. I think those shows are like in a specific wheelhouse and I 
I'm just not in that audience, right? But my best friend, she was like, you need to watch um, House of Dragon. And I was like, okay, okay. But I didn't finish Game of Thrones. And she was like, well, it's, I guess, a prequel to Game of Thrones. So, y'all, I watched it. I am caught up on it. And that most recent episode was a lot. The episode, I think it's episode number three or four, when the Uncle Damon, I hope I'm not spoiling this, spoiler alert, when the Uncle Damon takes Renea to, like, the inner city, inner city, inner, I guess it's like the inner city of their kingdom, when they went to that house, and you know what house that they were spotted at, that was a lot for me. Like, I had to pause it, leave for a few hours, and try to come back to it, because just the idea of an uncle and a niece, it was just weird. But I was able to finish it. So we will see uh, how this goes. If the rest of the season is going to be like that, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. That was just very weird to watch. And then also, while I was watching it, I was like, how old are these people? Because Renea and also the her friend that married her dad, even saying that sounds weird, her friend that married her dad, they look very young and I know they play like young characters on the show, like I guess 15, 16, 17, and they look the part. And so seeing them with much older men made me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, are they of age? So I pull up handy dandy Google and I Google the characters and Renea is what, 22 in real life, I think. And the other Um, Her friend is 28, and it made me feel a lot better um, because it was a lot. So I'm going to try to finish it. If you guys have been watching it, let me know what you think. And also, I almost forgot, Atlanta is back on. This is their final season. They have two episodes out so far. I watched the two that are up on Hulu today, and they were really good. Like, the beginning of the first episode, it's a callback to... During the looting and the riots, remember the woman who was in a wheelchair in front of Target and she had like a knife and was trying to attack the looters as they were coming out of Target? Oh my gosh, I text my friend and I was like, I cannot believe this happened in real life. Like this was real life. Like we saw this happen in real time. It feels like a fever dream watching it on a show, but we actually lived through that. But it's so good. The two episodes that are out right now are really good. So I hope that you will check them out and support them. And speaking of support, please, if you have not reviewed the podcast, we ask that you leave us five stars. Let us know what you think about the podcast, if we've helped you in any way. If you could leave that down in the reviews because it helps us with discovery. Thank you so much. Now let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I know the last few episodes have been pretty heavy or pretty life-driven and introspective. So I wanted to use this week's episode for something light and fun. And what's more light and fun than TikTok discussions? So this week we are talking about two particular TikTok topics that I am tired of seeing. Now, one thing that equally amazes me and also frightens me about TikTok is the fact that anyone has the potential to post a video and that video reach millions of people who have an opinion, of course, about it. And it can literally spread like wildfire where it goes from TikTok to Twitter to Instagram. I don't know if people still use Snapchat, maybe Snapchat. And now you have all of these people who you've never met before and who will never meet you weigh in on maybe a 15 second video of something you said um, and you had no intention of it spreading like that. It amazes me because it has the potential to like that kind of traction and being able to reach that many people has the potential to change the way people think on a mass scale about certain things or even allow people to self-evaluate. For example, this week I ran into a TikTok where this guy, he was saying that he used to always feel like he was right about things until his sister told him one day, consider for a fact that you may be wrong in everything. Like whatever discussion you may be having with somebody, it doesn't matter if you know for a fact that you're right and the other person is wrong, but just consider for a brief second that you may be wrong. And that got me to thinking, and maybe we'll talk about that another day, but this is not what we're talking about today. That is just an example of how that small video can change people's way of thinking. And that's how it amazes me. Um, But it frightens me equally because if you say one wrong thing, or I won't say one wrong thing, I'll say if you say one thing that a great amount of people don't agree with, God help you. (laughs) Because these two creators that we're going to be talking about posted two videos that have sparked several conversations and plenty of people weighing in, stitching the videos, reposting the videos, adding their two cents um, about what they have to say. And here's my take on those things. Number one is the very, very old birthday dinner debate. Now, this topic is the spark that actually made me think about doing this kind of episode because I'm just so tired of hearing about this, to be quite honest. There's a creator on TikTok. His name is I am Dre Brown on there. So you can go and watch this video if you so please. But in his video, Dre was saying that when people have a birthday dinner and they invite you to their birthday dinner, you are expected, wait, no, the birthday person is expected to pay for everyone's dinner at the birthday party. 
Now, I'm the kind of person where I can see something like, I saw that video when he posted it. I didn't agree, but I just kept scrolling. Everyone's not like me, <laughs> but I love that because I love to see people's um, insight and opinions on it. I love that. Now, I did see an interesting take. I saw a few, um, about two or three interesting takes that kind of were saying the same thing. And it was saying that this is more so a conversation about class, um, community, and black elites. Um, and one girl, one woman on TikTok, she was saying that the category or class that this creator falls under is a different social and economic class than what I am, right? And she was also saying that black elites lack community amongst each other. Now, I'm not a black elite, so don't shoot the messenger. I didn't grow up in that lifestyle. I don't know nothing about that lifestyle, like Shekana said, um, or that tax bracket. So I can't tell you what they do or don't value and what they do or don't have. But I can say that, in my opinion, everyone, regardless of income status, etc., um, deserves an opportunity to celebrate themselves and, you know, for another year of life. I say that because I saw so many people and it was very disheartening because I saw so many people stitching that video and saying, if you can't afford to pay for everyone's dinner at your birthday dinner, then you shouldn't have a birthday dinner. And I thought that was the most asinine logic I'd heard in a very long time. I don't agree that people shouldn't have a dinner if they can't afford to pay for the attendees meals. That is my belief, Shakira's belief. If I come to your birthday dinner or any kind of dinner for that matter, that is in honor of you or something that you have accomplished or something that you've done, whether it be you graduating, whether it be you um, getting a raise, whether it be you getting a promotion, whether it be you getting a divorce or getting married, whatever. If you are having a dinner in your honor, I am never coming thinking, oh, this person invited me and they're going to pay for my meal. I just don't expect that. I don't expect the person who invited me to pay for my dinner. Now, it's different if you're going on a date. Someone invites you on a date. Yes, I expect you to pay for my dinner. You invited me here, etc. But if you're my friend or you're, if you're my acquaintance and this is a dinner in honor of you, your birthday or whatever, I, I just didn't come thinking that you were going to pay for my food. And I was so surprised to hear that so many people think like that. Not to say that it's a wrong way of thinking because, you know, to each their own, but it was just so mind boggling to me, especially to go as far as saying that people shouldn't have a birthday dinner if they can't afford to pay for people's food. Do you hear yourselves? I came with the intention of celebrating you um, and communing with you and supporting you and being present and letting you know that I am here for you. I didn't come for a free meal. Again, if other groups do that differently, whatever floats their boat. But for me and mine, we'll keep asking for the bill of the birthday person or the person that is being celebrated and paying for that bill for them. Just in July this year, my best friend, she had her birthday celebration in 
North Carolina. And I remember when we got to, I missed the first dinner, but then they had like a second event the next day. And when we were on the way there, I told her in the car, I'm going to pay for your food, your drinks, whatever, you know, you want to have. So just, you know, don't pay for it. So she was like, okay, we get our food, we're eating and everything. The waitress brings me my bill and I look at it and I see that my best friend's food isn't on the bill. So I asked the waitress like, hey, um, her food's not on here. And she was like, oh, it's already been paid for. I look at my best friend and I'm like, did you pay for your own food? Because now I'm kind of mad because I told you that I was going to pay for your food. And she was like, oh, no, Alicia paid for it, which is her other friend. And so I look at Alicia and I'm like, Alicia, I said I was going to pay for the food. And she's like, no, I beat you to it. That's the kind of friends that we are. You know, that's why I say for me and mine, we're trying to beat each other to paying for that person's drinks, food, whatever they want for their birthday, because it's a celebration of them. I, I'm sorry. What I look like coming to celebrate you and you pulling out your car for me. It just does not, it's not calculating in my head. Like one plus one is not equaling two in my head with this whole discussion. And the same thing went for when I celebrated my birthday this year. Before we got to the restaurant, my best friend said, I'm going to pay for your food. And that was just the understanding that we have. And that's the understanding that we've always had with whatever we do. If I'm coming for you, I'm paying for it. Not if I'm inviting you, I'm paying for all of your stuff. Unless that's the agreement that we have and understanding that we have. But, you know, to sum it up, let's all agree to disagree on this one. And do what works for you and your friend group and your acquaintances and stop thinking that what is good for the goose is also good for the gander all the time. The second topic I am very tired of seeing on TikTok is the Black Americans having no culture discussion. So to understand this whole culture conversation that has been going on, we need to go back, 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 back to the early, early, early ages, right? More specifically, the transatlantic slave trade, because this is where all of this stems from. It all, I mean, most of the time when there's an issue, I'm that person that's like, slavery is because of slavery. And it usually is. And this is one of those things. So what was the transatlantic slave trade? It was a segment of a global slave trade that transported between 10 million and 12 million enslaved Africans across the Atlantic Ocean to the Americas from the 16th to the 19th century. And even after that, if we're being honest. Um, so that's what it was, right? The Middle Passage, as you can call it. Well, where did all of these enslaved Africans go when the ships arrived? I'm glad you asked. They went to South America, they went to Jamaica, they went to Barbados, they went to what is now Haiti, they went to the coastal regions of North America, and they even went up to Europe. We don't talk about Europe that much when we talk about the transatlantic slave trade, but they went up there too. And although all of these people came via the transatlantic slave trade, when they settled over time, they all created their own customs, traditions, styles, beliefs, um, ways of creating foods, value systems, etc. 
And you know what that is? Culture. Ding, 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 ding. The actual definition of culture is, quote, the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Also, the state of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices, end quote. Because you guys know I love a good definition. That's what culture is. So how is it so hard to believe that Africans that settled in Jamaica, Africans that settled in Haiti, Africans that settled in South America, Africans that settled in Barbados and other island nations, how is it so hard to believe that they can have a culture, but Black Americans, for some reason, lack culture or are disconnected from who they are culturally? Again, the math is just not mathing for me. If we are going by the literal definition of culture, Black Americans have met and exceeded those standards. The beautiful thing about culture, though, specifically Black American culture, is that it can be so nuanced and specific to a certain region. Um, and it can also be overarching, like having cultural cues, whether you be from Georgia, whether you be from Minnesota, whether you be from Seattle, you can have these overarching things that all of you have in common. And that's culture. That's cultural. It transcends state lines. It transcends ages and other beliefs. All of it. So for the people that still don't believe that Black Americans don't have a culture, I wanted to give you a little insight on what Black American culture can look like, not limited to this. Um, and this is not to say that this is what we are. No, this is just a little insight very few things. There's so much that goes into Black American culture. Number one, one of the notches in the cultural definition is about beliefs. When a certain group shares beliefs. One belief a certain group of Black Americans has is that on New Year's, the day after New Year's Eve, January 1st, you eat a very specific meal. For us, meaning my family, every New Year's for my entire life, I mean, every single one. We ate greens, black eyed peas and rice, ham hocks, chicken, and cornbread. It never fails. Every New Year's. And you will not catch me eating anything else besides that on New Year's because it's a cultural thing for us. Now, all of these things on the plate that we eat for New Year's, it's not just, we're not just eating it because, oh, we, we just want to have the same meal every New Year's. No. Those things represent something that we want to have in the new year. I'm not going to tell you what those things are because, again, it's cultural. If you know, you know. Also, when someone is sweeping with a broom, you cannot sweep their feet. You should try to avoid their feet at all costs. Whenever my mom would sweep when I was growing up, and even now, like, if she's sweeping in my brother's home, he always says, don't sweep my feet. Don't sweep my feet. Again, culture specific. And if you know, you know. And I actually tried to Google some of these things to see if some of the, the things people put online 
as being the meaning of these cultural cues is correct. And a lot of it is really off. Like I Googled the sweeping of feet and what Google has on there. I was like, that is not what we believe. But anyway, culture specific. Number three, I remember, and this one, I always tell this story. I remember when I brought one of my college friends home with me and so she was from Jacksonville and I forgot why we went to my house, but we went to my house maybe for dinner or something like that. And so I was talking to my family and when we left, I think we were going back to the apartment that we shared and she was like, Shakira, you sound so different when you are talking to your family. Now, this was something that I never noticed, but when she witnessed it, she witnessed me in my most comfortable and natural state of speaking. When we as people change and adjust um, our dialects or our body language, when we are speaking to someone else, that is called mirroring. And mirroring is a natural thing that happens. Um, it's a natural thing that people do, which shows your regard for the other person. It's like making the other person feel comfortable. And no, it's not always a bad thing, you know. It's not always a bad thing. I know that I adjust. I adjust the way that I speak depending on who I'm speaking to because I know that not everyone can understand me in the way that I talk to my family. And it's very hard to, uh, you may not understand unless you have seen me talking to my family. It's the same as when you have met a person from the islands and when you're holding a conversation with them, but sometimes when they are around a lot of people from their region they sound their dialect gets a lot stronger so that's the best description that I can uh, give you as to what she witnessed when I was talking to my family but anyway back to how we speak that is cultural and there are certain words certain terms certain phrases and inflections that are specific to a certain group of people in regions for example, a person living in the Carolinas is not going to sound like someone living in Baton Rouge, and that person is not going to sound like someone living in the Bay Area, and that person in the Bay Area is not going to sound like someone living in Pompano, and someone living in Pompano is not going to sound like someone living in Detroit, and it just goes on and on and on. So culturally speaking, those dialects have changed over time. And they are traits specific to people who are from and have been in that area long enough to soak up those things. Next, religion is also a part of those cultural traits that we talked about in that notch. So in the South, as a man, you take your hat off when you enter a church. If you hear, if you're sitting in the congregation and you hear this, give it and I'll give it back to you. Give it and I'll give it back to you. Press down. Shaking together, running up. Okay, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If you hear that, you know that it's offering time. That is culture specific. When a pastor is nearing the end of his sermon, more specifically a black pastor is nearing the end of his sermon and he does that thing, you know that thing, with his voice where it follows a very specific cadence. And the organ or the pianist starts playing in the back, you know that he's about to wrap up his sermon. 
all of that is culture specific. And those are cultural cues that not everyone is going to understand. How we dance, how we sing, how we make music, how we create art, how we give another black person that look. And you know that look when something isn't right or if someone says something that's like off the wall and you look at that person and they look at you, you know that look. All of that is culture. So no, we may not know all that there is to know about who comes from where, but we know where our parents came from. Or I'll speak for myself. I know where my parents came from. I know where my grandparents came from. And I know that in order for me to be here today, someone down the line had to survive here in America and build their own customs and traditions. And it led to the culture that I have and you have and many others have today. So I hope that sums up my thoughts on the Black Americans don't have a culture topic because we do. I think that we should be afforded... um, the opportunity to exist without people continually saying that you know leave us alone we don't mess with nobody (laughs) all right that's all i have for this week i hope you guys enjoyed this episode don't forget to stay black and stay down in your culture and pay for your friends dinner if it's their birthday stay black and carefree and i'll see you guys next week in a brand new episode of the carefree and black diaries podcast